everybody. Welcome back to the IGM Movies Podcast, Keeping It Real. Me and Chris are not with Roth Cornette today. No. She is off interviewing who? Oh, you don't know? No, <laughs> I do. <laughs> it's Kurt Russell. I was met with a blank stare, but I was going to say Kurt Russell. You Kurt just... Russell, the one and only Snake Plissken. So I think you'll forgive her for missing out on this week's podcast to talk with the Snake Plissken. But I'm here. Greetings and salutations, peace to the nations. <laughs> well, it's it's uh you know it's going to be probably a little shorter than usual podcast. We are we are busy men, busy and, uh, busy monuments men, and we have uh, a lot to uh, to try and get through this week. But uh, let's talk about last weekend's uh, box office, where uh, Lego Movie kicked butt, sixty nine million dollar opening. What had I said? Um, you had, hold on, it's on the other page. You said Lego at 60, so you were the closest. I, on Price is Right. You're, you're in the ballpark. You, on Price you, is Right, you I would have get done the, okay. You would get the, the showcase show down to, to go to Acapulco. <laughs> I'd play some Plinko. Or, or win the, the Dodge Stratus, you know. <laughs> uh, but, uh, you know, Lego Movie uh, did fantastic, $69 million. It's the Warner Brothers' biggest... Um, you know, non-franchise animated uh, release, and and it was bigger than the first Happy Feet. Well, it's a franchise now. It is now. <laughs> uh, in fact, they are. They've already greenlit a second movie. Um, and then Monuments Men did better than expected. Yeah. It did a solid twenty-two million in second place. And then not doing too good was um, was the uh, Vampire Academy movie. Yeah, so uh, any Seventh gold place. star I earned for getting even remotely close. Yeah, what did you, <laughs> I get you, I get a I get a horrible black mark against me for Oh yeah, fifteen my, million on that one. Terrible fifteen million prediction. I actually I I we all over predicted Roth came closest. She thought it would make five million. It made three point nine million. That is really they bad. Pretty much dumped it. Yeah. But it was weird because, you know, we deal with studio publicity folks every day and um man they were inundating my inbox with stuff about that movie and yet they didn't screen it yeah and it's like why are you, it's like it seemed no. like you were i don't know what the thought process was on this movie it's like look either promote it or don't but no. don't just tell other people about it and then not actually sell it to the masses it's kind of a sure sign that something isn't up to snuff when like there's a lot of heavy promotion right up up until the end and then they don't screen it it's like that's even more than just not screening it I, I, have you ever seen a movie not screen and then it was a good movie yeah um once right <laughs> once like or twice and they're usually uh movies that the studio there were genre films and like we got them more than the studio folks who were tasked with selling it got it and then of course their confidence was bolstered in the movie i i think wasn't the first paranormal activity was kind of like that wasn't it paranormal the first movie was that stunt where they basically were like vote for this to come to your town and then and then it expanded and then it made it seem like all the marketing folks were like super geniuses and uh <laughs> right no i mean it's seriously like that was the buzz i went to a hollywood like breakfast um the week after paranormal opened and that's all they could talk about everybody was talking about it like oh this is this big marketing coup and this is the future of movies and all this stuff vote on it and that's actually i mean i don't know if it directly re like led to tug being invented but that Certainly is the, played into that's it, the yeah. idea of Tug. And so um, uh, I think and Tug, if you guys don't know, is exactly that. It's that, um, you, you know, you can sort of 
vote for this thing to come in or pre-buy tickets, and then they'll they'll uh, bring it to your area, essentially. Um, let's see. Let's uh, let's push on from the box office for now. Uh, we will, uh, of course, be prognosticating about we shall this week's. Revisit it. That you know, RoboCop open up uh, this week, um, uh, and then this weekend sees two other '80s remakes coming out. About last night and endless love plus Winner's Tale. Uh, we have reviews for all of them up on the site. Um, but uh, you know, I I, w- I will say this: I reviewed uh, Winner's Tale. I've not seen About Last Night, but our review is very positive, and I've heard a lot of great things about it. I remember the original movie being sort of like, eh, you know, I don't know, I, it didn't really stay with me. But this one sounds like it's it's uh, an actual relationship movie that's both frank about sexuality and, and romance and everything, but also very funny and very real. Um, so that's that sounds like it's a thumbs up. Endless Love is pretty much exactly what you would expect. Um, our reviewer, Matt Patches, said that basically it was camp played straight. They didn't realize how campy it was, hmm. which he says makes it all the better. Like it's that much <laughs> more enjoyable in like a riff tracks kind of way. And then RoboCop is the divisive one. Um, uh, our UK fellows reviewed it. Um, I saw the movie. Chris has not, so I, I won't. Well, we can talk about it in, in greater length next week uh, when Chris has had a chance to see it. But Roth has seen it, and I think she and I are kind of on the same page. It's it's not awful. It's not a bad movie. It's just compared to the original, which for people of our generation is you know it's it's an important genre movie for Biblical us. Biblical in proportion. Um, you know, it's it, you can't help but not compare it. Like, yeah. put it to you this way: if they remade, I don't know, one of your favorite Marvel movies twenty years from now, but here's would you not compare it to the original? But here's the thing with that: it's like you couldn't have made this movie be Android Cop or some other. You Although know, Android non- Cop is coming, <laughs> thanks to the people at the asylum. So not you know not calling it RoboCop, but making it essentially RoboCop. I, I feel like that movie would have gotten no traction. At least RoboCop, you have that curiosity factor, and people are at least talking yeah. about the movie in some context. And they and they are using you know they're using that iconic score, and there so there are little cues there to sort of you know win over folks. I um, actually really love the outfit. I really love the like armor. It, you know what? It it works in that regard. There are a lot of good things in there. They do have some interesting ideas, but my problem with it. Was there were ultimately two key things. Other things I can overlook, but one, uh, there were no really good villains. Michael Keaton's not really a bad guy until the end, but yeah. and then it didn't feel true to me because of that. But again, I won't get into too many spoilers because I know you haven't seen it. Uh, and then um, uh, it just wasn't as much fun. Like there was a perverse fun to the original movie. Yeah. This one takes itself so seriously that it's just sort of. It's a little, it's a little joyless. You well, know? I think I think the the difference is, is that Verhoeven knows how to do satire in a in a like wry kind of winky way, where yeah. but you also have a kick ass action movie at the same time. Mm-hmm. And I th- I really do think you're like spot on. The reviewers are spot on. Like if you don't get a villain right in a movie like that, then 
especially compared to the original, the original had such awesome, awesome villains. I mean, Multiple God, villains. Boddicker and Dick Jones and Miguel Ferrer's character are all very memorable parts of that movie. They helped make it what it was. And the funniest thing about that is that we're again in an era where corporations are like center <laughs> stage kind of like um, controlling stuff. And, and I feel like it's the same sort of corruption being talked about. It's ripe for that same kind of debate, but I think they went. It sounds like they went a little too philosophical. Um, they 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 were unwilling to paint businessmen as as bad guys in this. Um, and look, I know businessmen can be very easy targets. In fact, you know, people are some folks are up in arms over Lego Movie because it's president business is the bad guy. <laughs> but there is no. It, but these are people who haven't seen the movie, and there was no way. There's no way to explain to them why they're wrong without spoiling the movie. So we can talk <laughs> about that when when you've had a chance to see the film because I think it's a very interesting conversation. And I don't so. think anybody is saying, hey, all you know, all companies, all corporations are evil or anything. It's more about like how they're like paying the, our bills. They make <laughs> they make a very juicy they make for very juicy villains because it's so easy to put Well it's a it's a power in. thing. Like, you know, um you you when your villain has uh a greater station in life than you whether it's economic or social or or whatever it gives them power and villains oftentimes have power because it's an old trope of like the hero overcoming a force that is bigger and greater than him so you know and we don't have you know at least in in uh the Western world, where you know, we don't we don't have warlords that we yeah yeah you know, farm boy has to go and overcome. So we're not we, we have a different kind of giant thing. You know? Bears all the time or anything. Well, you are from Wisconsin. <laughs> no, that's that's your youth. I go bear right? wrestling. All <laughs> a little bar wrestling. You're yeah. like Davy Crockett. Um, all right, <laughs> so we we have bar. some. Uh, we get <laughs> killed him a bar when he was only three. Right yeah. here, uh, we got some. Uh, we got some stuff to talk about this week, uh, news wise. Let's talk with, of course. The news that breaks the day after uh, Keeping It Real is recorded. We generally record on, on Thursdays. And, of course, every Friday, meaning tomorrow, yeah, there will be something huge breaking that we yeah. won't get to. Always. Right before the weekend, always. It's like, that's mean. Oh, it's so, don't, it don't is be mean. mean. Um, uh, the Vision will be in Avengers 2. He will be played by Paul Bettany, who obviously was already the voice of Jarvis and will apparently remain so. Um, and there are also rumors that Ms. Marvel might be in there, but Paul Bettany as Vision is hard news. Um, we did, uh, myself and Joshua Yale, our comics editor, did a, a conversation about that earlier this week. I can embed it into the story, but Chris, let's get your thoughts on the inclusion of the Vision and Paul Bettany and maybe, you know, the idea of maybe Jarvis is going to be sort of the impetus for Vision. Yeah, it seems like... Maybe the vision is an uh, evolution of Jarvis. It, it fits in somewhat with that Tony Stark Ultron thing that we've kind of, you know, f think is going to happen. Right now, I, I really, I love Paul Bettany. I think he's awesome. You know, we were talking about him like a couple weeks ago about him in Master and Commander. That's like a commanding performance. He was great in oh, Beautiful yeah. Mind. You uh, just like everything he's done. Really, oh, he was so good in A Knight's Tale. Yeah, he was the standout in that movie because uh, even, you know, God rest him, Heath Ledger, he's great and all that. But uh, 
Stetney was the show. He really. was the best. I mean, he asked Chaucer. It's just amazing. I mean, that so was also his first, like, big, I think that's what kind of put him on the map, at least for Hollywood. Absolutely. And, and you know, he's got the he's got that charisma. He's got that, like, dry wit. Um, he's, uh, he's just a, he's a, he's a capital actor, as they say over there. <laughs> and, uh, and I'm, I'm, I'm thrilled that he's going to be the vision, um, now, like I've read comments and seen some like emails and stuff from people who are like, they better get the costume like to match the comics, and I'm like, dude, uh, they better not. It ain't gonna be. <laughs> it probably won't be that. Yeah. Um, I mean, look, Thor still looks like Thor. Cap still looks like Cap. Black Widow looks like Black Widow. Hawkeye's the only one they changed, but they kind of they took. Uh, didn't they already take the look from the Ultimates? Uh, yeah, I think they're gonna have to tone down the vision because you know you got that that It'll color scheme. Muted, it's gonna be muted greens, colors. Yeah. But it, it, yeah, but it's can you imagine what if they did go all in with? You know that emerald green and bright <laughs> tomato red and the giant ass yellow cape. It's kind of like that. That would be kind of amazing, right? If I they mean. got it right, yeah. I, mean, <laughs> I just don't think that it's possible. I, you know, I, I you see that Captain Planet video that uh, Don yeah, Cheadle did. That's right. And you yeah, don't want to. Yeah. You don't want to have that. You know, <laughs> if you guys haven't seen it, go to Funny or Die and check out the Don Cheadle Captain Planet video. It's pretty amazing. It is pretty. And, and you know, they 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 are they have in development a live action Captain Planet movie. So. Which I don't care about. <laughs> um, of course they do, by the way. Of course they do. Of Every superhero gets his day. Yeah. I, you know, like, you know it will be ridiculous when the Wonder Twins movie actually, actually exists. Is. Actually exists. I, I could see them showing up on, um, wait, didn't they ever show up on Smallville? I thought I, don't, I no? thought weren't the Wonder Twins created s- specifically for Super Friends and didn't they really were. find a home in the comics? I don't I don't actually know. You know what? Look again for people of our generation who grew up with it. Wonder Twins were actually fun. They were cool, and okay. I liked Gleek. But here's, but here's the problem. Here's <laughs> yeah, Gleek. I don't know. I don't like that. I don't like that <laughs> You're character like, at all. That guy. <laughs> but but th- their characters are so arbitrary. It was always like form <laughs> of ice cube. So one can only turn into water. water. One can tar- turn into pretty much anything else. So number yeah. one, the water person was like totally effed. But wait, which one was the uh, the uh, Jana was? She was the animal one, right? Because right. she turned into hot and and uh, fuckwit only turned into <laughs> a pail of water that Gleek had to carry. So that's why they had the monkey because she would turn into a bird and her talons could only hold so many things. Yeah, it's like the monkey was totally necessary. I just they're it was like creepy. They all had the same outfit on. I just, uh, <laughs> I don't know, but anyway, I think I could see Wonder Twins being played for laughs. You know, doing like a doing like a, a send up of it. It would be kind of fun. I mean, come on. F- from that perspective, yeah, it could be fun, and I could see it from that perspective but god i hope they don't ever try to fit well them in the uh the scarlet witch costume is not going to look like it is in the comics elizabeth olsen has been talking about that and she basically you know she said look um joss whedon hired me i'm an actress she's like i'm not an athlete i'm not a model i don't have a body like that i couldn't wear those costumes which i thought was actually very you know, uh, a very vulnerable thing for an actress to say. And she shouldn't and shortchange herself because she looked good. Yeah, and realistic, <laughs> though, because, you know, in order to fit into something like the Black Widow costume and stuff like that and have it look the way it needs to look on screen, you have to be really, really excessively thin. And we've seen some And of these tiny. Like, yeah. Scarlett Johansson is tiny. I know everyone talks about her, right? But she's tiny. She's five foot nothing. You, you know? see these people in person and you're like, oh, my God. A oh breeze could knock yeah. them over. Yeah. yeah. So, 
um, in that in that sense of the word, like Elizabeth Olsen doesn't fit that body type, and I think yeah, that's it's a cool thing yeah, to say. She's built like a real woman. You yeah, know? she's well. Um, every woman, Jim, I'm gonna get this off my chest right now. Every woman is a real woman, no matter what their size or shape. Right. Beautiful women are real women too. I'm sick of the. I'm sick of the every. Oh, this is a real. woman. I don't know. I think you can find a few fake women up in <laughs> the arc light yeah, in Hollywood. Actually, I'm pretty sure <laughs> in our in our city, Chris, there's yeah. a few fake women or a women with a lot of fake parts. You're right. <laughs> Touche. Um, uh, on the Black Widow uh, front, uh, there was a little more news that came out that we're going to get more about her past and her sort of origins. Uh, will be explored in Avengers: Age of Ultron. Uh, Kevin Feige has been out doing some some press uh, for Cap Two because can you believe Cap Two is what six weeks away? I cannot wait for that one. Yeah, that's, that's um, such a crazy short amount of time. It's just it. I, I really my my gut tells me it's going to be the best one. Like Avengers is it in terms of like just sheer spectacle and fanboy awe factor, but I really feel like Cap Two from what they've shown us really looks like it could be like just their best movie like a best story best acting everything. i'm hoping i'm hoping yeah i really want it to be awesome but um that black widow according to feige she's got um uh, a big part in the movie which is now filming it's filming in south africa but without any of the key cast um uh they're going to start filming the main part with the cast at the end of march uh they're going to l- we're going to learn more about her past we're going to more where she came from and how she came uh how she became in that film and so, to me, though, it's like it does seem a little crowded uh, with, you know, they're, they're saying that Hawkeye will have more to do, uh, more for Black Widow. Now we're going to have Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver introduced, Baron Starker, who I'm assuming is taking the place of Magneto as their evil dad, uh, Vision, because he started off as a bad guy, creation of Ultrons. So w- right there we have three characters on sort of a redemptive arc to go from henchmen to heroes right there's your tagline thanks henchmen disney <laughs> you're welcome disney um so it's going to be you know you you have a lot of those moving parts already in the film do you think uh are these going to be the center stage characters or could we still see like a big arc for cap because apparently the events of captain america 2 inform avengers like it's going to be a very uh different when I say different world, I mean world for the characters, not necessarily like the earth has been changed because of something that happens. And so Cap I th- think what I, I mean, my theory in terms of what they're going to do is they're going to start rotating some of these people into the lineup and making them a little bit more important and yeah, and devaluing other people so that those pieces are easy to move around. Um, I I can't see Thor having a huge part in this movie, like a huge part. Like I think he's gonna be kind of one of the characters that's a little bit more sidelined. He'll show up for the fights and stuff. The Hulk doesn't. Which sound is weird because he's on Earth now, so you think yeah. that. But oh, I, I but I could see him though. I mean, given Hemsworth's kind of no pun hemming and hawing about you know uh, having to do all the Marvel movies, I could see them maybe saying Thor like. Look, my girl's got a thing this weekend. I, I, I'm not going to be able to help you guys out. <laughs> well, Luck with that robot. He'll show up. And, I, you know, one thing I'm confident of is that Avengers 2 is going to be able to juggle these things because Avengers mm. 1 did a very good job of showcasing every character. And, you know, if you didn't like what happened with Hawkeye, whatever, it's like they still represented him. He just yeah. – it's just that he – I mean, it wasn't unwatchable. They just didn't give him enough to do. They just didn't give him much to do. But everybody else had – 
had some stuff to do on screen, yeah. so like I, I really do think that. I mean, Black Widow is certainly far better in Avengers than she was in Iron Man 2. And she's going to be a bigger part of Cap 2, and she's going to be a bigger part of Avengers 2. And I, I, I think that Iron Man is going to sit on the sidelines a little bit because it's like not as much of that. We still don't I, really I, know how they're going to handle I wonder that. if it'll be more. I do wonder, like, Tony Stark, okay, he, they haven't officially said, but he's got to be the creator of Ultron. And that somehow, like, again, like another redemptive arc, like, I created this thing, it's gone mad, people are dying now, so I have to do something right. I wonder what if they sideline, like you say, um, Tony Stark by either, like, Ultron, not kills him, but, like, Put somebody he's really badly hurt, and so you kind of do with him like what they would do in the X Men movies with Professor X, where he's like on a slab in a coma for half the movie, you know, <laughs> yeah. like, and, and that way, uh, you know, look, they they had to bring back Downey contractually just for two movies, and I'm sure they they paying a pretty price, but he did give up being Iron Man at the end of the third one. He blew up most of his suits. Maybe that's a way to still have. Downey in your movie, be able to use him to help sell it, but he's not going to demand all the screen time. Like, Avengers 2 could be a way to transition to a new team, yeah. to him out. And then I do think it is always going to be, because we can't always, uh, you, contractually, I don't think you're going to be able to keep all these people forever. You're going to have to move team members out. And yeah. you're going to have to say, hey, for six movies, six years, we're not going to do an, uh, an Iron Man movie now. You know, yeah. Like Avengers movies, I'm guessing, are going to continue. You know, as far as they and can it would do make them. sense too. Like, okay, let's take a break from Iron Man. So, the the Downey um, sort of uh, fixation lessens, subsides a little, and now you can recast it, and maybe there'll be an actor who's hot at the moment or a star that's right for the role at that time, you know? Or much like in comics, you know, you just put somebody else in the suit and you're like, you are the new Iron Man. And I think they groomed Don Cheadle a little bit for that so you could see him as like um, War Machine. Or even, he could even be called Iron Man. I mean, mean, that's what they did in the comics when Tony fell off the wagon. I I do wonder, what if the events of Avengers 2 with, you know, let's say he creates Ultron. Ultron kills, maybe he kills a team member. Um, that's how you get rid of somebody, you know, <laughs> right? And, Bye, and, Hawkeye. And, and, sorry. And, yeah. What? <laughs> you know. But my arrows. Ah, you know. It wasn't they do nothing. Enough. Oh God. <laughs> um, you know, and and he feels bad about it, and um, I like that we just did a radio wagon. play. We just we, we did you know? a radio play. The shadow knows. <laughs> <laughs> Aliens are invading the earth. <laughs> you know? It's um, not his <laughs> Um Oh, so about the uh, Ms. Marvel rumor, though. Um, I, I don't know. I tend to believe that I could see her getting kind of introduced, but it does seem like it's. It seems like she would need to play a larger role than just being introduced as a new team member. Like I feel like she almost needs to come in, like in another Cap movie or a Thor sequel, where she gets some breathing room, and then she can join the team. I think she's gonna eventually get her own solo movie, so I think yeah. they're gonna be careful around <coughs> the casting. And and what I, it's one of those who, things who where think? it's like rumored, and then you and then you bring her out, and it's it's cool, you know. Like later, like you, you yeah yeah, you yeah. might you might not put her in this movie, but it's like oh, she's rumored for this one, but really she's gonna show up in. What what do you, like who who could you see? I I I wouldn't mind seeing. I know Katie Sackhoff is mentioned, but I I kind of wouldn't mind seeing Elizabeth Banks because I feel like she kind of fits that age range and sort of 
persona, the kind of personality that the other team members have. Like I could see her playing off of uh, a Downey or or an Evans. Or I think no offense Paul to Wright. Elizabeth Banks, but I think she's a little bit old to start in a franchise. You know, because yeah. I I think that you know, like she's I think she's getting. She's probably she's, about our age. <laughs> yeah, I think she's getting close to 40. And then, you know, how many movies can you do after that? I was thinking maybe Amber Heard might be kind of interesting. Yeah, um, interesting. I don't know. I mean, it, it doesn't have to be somebody who's necessarily blonde either. It could be, you know, made to God be forbid. blonde. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, who who are the names that are always getting kicked out there for... Well, I know they, you know, Katie Sackhoff, they probably... I mean, it depends on what the... If, if Ms. Marvel is... is Let's say, let's say for the sake of conversation, let's say she's not getting room for her own movie. Then I guess you could get somebody like a Katie Sackhoff or an Elizabeth Banks where you're just asking two movies of them. Yeah. And maybe an appearance on S.H.I.E.L.D. or something. I really don't think, um, I, I, th- I think it's kind of a race to ha- who has the first, like, really kick-ass, like, female-led superhero movie. Um, and, uh... And I, I really think Marvel wants to get there first. Yeah. Um, and you can tell, you can kind of start to see the pieces in play over for JLA with DC. Um, so you kind of think that Gal Gadot will probably at some point have her own, yeah. you know, yeah. woman movie. Um, if she's right. if she's successful, yeah, it's if an interesting. Saying, otherwise, it's, she'll be recasting. Yeah, it's an interesting problem if they if if some of these people are introduced as the characters and they fall flat, like then you can't really spin them out into their own movies. I, I feel mean, like that's what happened with Ryan Reynolds, who was you know he was a star at the time, you know, and yeah, it's definitely I, I, been it's, diminished. I still things. feel bad about Ryan Reynolds and Green Lantern because I don't, I really don't think that was his fault at no, all. No, it wasn't. He takes a lot. <laughs> he takes a lot of heat for that being his fault, and it really was. It, no, it wasn't. It, um, <clears throat> let's move on to some other news items we have. Will Smith not coming back for Independence Day 2. Uh, not welcome to Earth. Yeah. <laughs> um, what do you think? Is that is that good news for the Independence Day sequel? Uh, or is it bad news for that or bad news for Will Smith? I mean, what do you think? I I feel like he kind of needed that movie. First of all. But it sounds like it was his choice not to come back. He should just go do Bad Boys 3 and all will be, you know, forgotten. But I I, I really, I really, really don't want any more Independence Day. Like, there's no reason. (laughs) I don't want it at all. It's going to happen. And then, but yeah, I know it will happen (laughs) with or without my (laughs) approval. Um, Like death, it comes (laughs) eventually. But I don't need Will Smith in those movies either. Yeah, no, I think it's, I mean, in a way, it's Emmerich is the star. Like, you know, it's like, um, but uh, let's move on to a different, oh, (laughs) here's a real WTF. John Travolta is going to play Gummy Bear. In a movie about yeah, what we're now at the point where gummy bears get their own movie, what people. What the deuce? <laughs> I don't even know how to react it's to like that. I, I, I believe it's a live-action CG animated hybrid. He's um, he's he's definitely had an interesting career, wouldn't you say? Yeah. <laughs> Every time he redeems himself, he does <laughs> something to fall. He's like, he is too too um, you know too. Uh, bad movies what like Andy Dick is the bad drugs like <laughs> once they get in there it's just it's a mess <laughs> so I, so I, I I basically don't know like 
I don't know where his star is at this moment. You <laughs> I kind of like, don't either. I kind of don't know, like, if he could open a movie or whether people want to see him in movies or, you know, like, he's one I, of those people. I feel like he like should Nicolas get, Cage. I, you know what? I think it's time, cable TV being as awesome as it is, I think there's a lot of actors, and I've mentioned Colin Farrell a few times, and God knows after people see Winner's Tale, he's the best thing in that movie, well, him and Russell Crowe. But it's a bad movie, and it's gonna be, it's gonna, it's gonna be that sort of like a, yet another albatross around his neck in he's terms in, of like he's in a bunch of movies, terrible movies where he's the best thing in it. Yeah, and, and I think he just has to break that uh, streak. But yeah, I think TV would be good for him. Travolta would be good for Travolta. Yeah, I mean, couldn't you see Travolta in kind of like a House of Lies type show? Sure, sure. Yeah. I, I I think he needs to do something that is now his age you know yeah. like i think like there is this weird um transition that all like all movie stars go through and i think it's a little bit more pronounced for actresses because yeah uh, hollywood does this thing where it's like and it's it's exactly what i was saying about elizabeth banks but it's true like at a certain point hollywood's like okay you're put on the shelf until you can be something else yeah um you, you and they always talk about like well she's playing moms now right but moms are getting younger and younger you know like yeah. Olga Kurilenko's a mom and stuff now and you're like what yeah no yeah. um yeah. yeah I mean she's of age where she can be a mom but like whose mom looks like her you know <laughs> <laughs> and but uh but so if you do know anyone whose mom <laughs> I am single <laughs> here's <Jim's> number. <laughs> he'll put you it know in the how comments. to find me <laughs> here's my snapchat send me news um, so um, <laughs> so, so what All I was going to say is, is <laughs> but the same thing applies to dudes, right? It's like, it's like you get to a certain point, you have to stop playing the action roles in this yeah. in that certain like way. Alec Baldwin went through that, but he had oh, this man, whole other skill set that hadn't been utilized, which was comedy. He came out so brilliantly on the other side of that, and I think actually some of his comedy stuff probably flowed from some of the awesome voice work that he did. Yeah. You know, I think people were like, oh, I can see him in this position. Saturday Night Live was the best thing that happened. Yeah, him. exactly. He's he's just, oh man, I love Alec Baldwin so yeah, much. And he it, is it, amazing. it is because he's so like... He's pretty mercurial. I saw him on stage in, in, in Broadway last year and and, uh, and I played with Ben Foster and uh, it was um, it was pretty impressive to see this guy like, you know, doing theater and everything and i know he's done it before but um uh i've said it before i'll say it again if you really want to appreciate actors go to see them when they're doing uh a play because that that separates the actors from the stars the wheat from the chaff um let's talk about rabbits uh the uh. ubisoft game is getting a live action uh slash cg animated hybrid movie right. um what do you think? Look, they're 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 on TV. They've got a theme park attraction in France. Uh, you know, they're they're clearly like it, it looks like Sony and Ubisoft are looking at this and like Ooh, these are our minions. Like yeah. this could be our breakout cutesy thing, which it already is. But you know, like for a movie, I feel like the last Rabbids game didn't do as well as some of the early stuff, and um, it's it's an interesting it, it's an interesting experiment because now we'll find out if they can like open a movie, you know, transitioning <laughs> from the video game world. The cool thing is, yeah, like you said, they're a little bit like minions. They're like, in my opinion, not as cool as the minions. I think the minions, <laughs> the minions are pretty amazing. Um, 
And I, actually, when when I remember going to Universal and first finding out about Despicable Me all those years ago at this point, and when I found out about it, I was like, man, eh, yeah. that doesn't sound Because amazing. remember, at the time, it was also it was coming out the same summer as Megamind, which had more star power behind it. It had Will Ferrell and, and, and Brad Pitt, and, and that was the one that was getting most of the buzz. Yeah. Despicable Me ended up performing better, both commercially and critically i believe um and uh although i still love megamind but it definitely it it was a big reversal of fortune in that regard yeah despicable me didn't yeah didn't have all that uh i don't remember being hyped up as much i wasn't just in love with the minions the first time i saw them because the first time i saw them i just saw them i was like oh uh, these things look like I little, little, they were cute. little yellow <laughs> schmooze, you know. Like I, I didn't even know what to do with them, but um, yeah. But I, after that, uh, once you see the movie, they're just super adorable. Um, let's uh, let's push on to some other news items. I can just rattle these off. We rattle them off. Um, I'll still say stuff. Tarzan, the uh, Warner Brothers is bringing uh, back the. Uh, That's right, uh, and that is exactly the 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 voice that will be heard when it opens July first, twenty sixteen. I need to come. Up with the Tarzan <coughs> theme 3D, song. I'm know? coming up. With, I'm gonna come up with the Tarzan, Tarzan theme song. Tarzan, Tarzan, Tarzan <laughs> in the jungle, bitch. <laughs> in the jungle, bitch. Uh, there you go. Um, and that's gonna have uh, Alexander Skarsgård from True Blood as is Tarzan. And this is gonna be this is like Tarzan the later years. Like he's already <laughs> he's got a walker. <laughs> yeah, he's. They're actually digging up Johnny Weissmuller. <laughs> he's gonna make a cameo. Um, but uh, you know, it's remember if you've seen Grey Stoker, know the novels. You know, he he is discovered. You know, he was an English aristocrat's baby boy who they they got shipwrecked and died, and he was raised by the apes. And then people from explorers find him. Long story short, discovers who he really is. Goes back to civilization to England and rejects it ultimately after he is quote unquote civilized for his his the the world that he truly belongs in which is the jungle because he is lord of the jungle <laughs> or is yeah. it no he's lord of the king of the jungle lord of the apes uh, i don't know apparently it's you know why you apes know, are very picky about titles they're so like condescending like the idea the apes. It's of like king oh we raised you but now you get to be our king this is dumb. yeah um, you're n- you're not you're not Simba. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, but um, no, wait, that's a fucking line. Never mind. But uh, you know, uh, Sam Jackson, Christoph Waltz, and Margot Robbie are in it. Um, Jingle All the Way Two is happening. <laughs> it will be a direct-to-video release, not starring Arnold Schwarzenegger, but it will star Larry the Cable Guy. Yeah, so right. there we go. I will jingle all the bells. <laughs> um, we have a it's couple terrible. of new trailers up on the site, The Purge Anarchy, which comes out this summer, and they're only filming it now. So, boy, are they belting this puppy out. Um, comes out what, in January? No, in June. This Wh- June. What? Yes, months away. Oh, I heard a J, and I Oh, yeah, no. It's coming it. out in, in June, like June 20th or something. Wow, wow, wee wow. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, so that's <laughs> happening. Um Tupac Shakur biopic is back on, and John Singleton, who a couple of years ago was a test director and then fell out, he is back on board to direct it. Um, it's I think a, that's the counterbalance to Notorious that. But he, remember, he directed Tupac in Poetic Justice. Oh yeah. So he's it's going to be he'll have an insight that will be kind of 
unique yeah. to, to this, you know? Yeah, that is an interesting angle. I, I, I personally, <clears throat> I think that um, it would be nice to, it would be nice to see the Tupac side of, of that story. Cause Notorious was so, it was like, it was what, like didn't Biggie Anthony painted Mackie pay, uh, play Tupac in that yeah, one? Yeah, yeah. But Biggie was painted as this like saint-like character. And it's like, oh, I'm selling drugs, but, you know, that's not so bad, right? But I got a big heart. I'm like, come <laughs> on, dude. You are not everything you appear to be. Um, let's see. The uh, sequel to Divergent Insurgent has a director. It's Robert Schwenke. I can't say Good his old name. old Schwenke. Uh, director of Red and uh, RIPD. So this is... He's very lucky to have gotten out of movie jail as quickly as he did. Redemption you know? song. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, la, yeah. <coughs> uh, rumor has it Star Wars Episode Seven will start filming mid-May through September, that they have their cast selected. They just have not uh, revealed them, have announced them. Oh, my God. Can you imagine being the lead in Star Wars Seven and you can't say anything about it oh to anyone? God. Actually, Chris, I, I can. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be so amazing. Uh, here's my two weeks. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what oh. are you? Where are you going? Oh. Oh, it's not quite a competitor. Let's just say you'll we'll be in touch. <laughs> I'll be, I'm off to be a Skywalker. <laughs> um, and then final little, uh, well, one more news note. Uh, Terry Gilliam is giving Don Quixote another try. This is the oh movie that God, God keeps conspiring to stop him from making. Uh, I think one of the actors died. There were like natural uh, disasters, so, money falling through. So many things. He's going to start trying Isn't to film it in September. Isn't there a documentary Yeah, about uh, the Man of La Mancha. Or Lost in La Mancha, I'm sorry. So interestingly, uh, this reminds me of there's this woman. I watched this documentary about this woman who basically kept trying to swim. I don't remember what the distance was. She kept trying to swim like this crazy distance across the ocean. She'd been trying it for like 20 years and it kept getting <laughs> sidelined. And she was like swimming in the ocean for like a week or something when she finally, you know, did this thing. So I watched this whole documentary and I just felt like I would have given up after like try two. <laughs> I would have been like, you know what? The ocean doesn't want me to do this. Yeah. <laughs> so like this kind of thing, it's just, ah, man. That it takes dedication. He must really, really want to tell this story like badly. I mean, you know what? It's may maybe this is the one he'll go out on. Maybe he'll retire after this and be like, you know what? This this cost me like so many years of my life. Uh, let's end on a high note, or who knows? I mean, it could be. It'd be kind of great if it was a um, um, it, that it, if it was a say a commercial success and. Allowed him to be able to do more things, you know. I feel like he is one of those directors who <clears throat> actually does not benefit from CG. Like he's one of those people who, yeah. like, I wish that he didn't even have access to it at all. Like yeah. somehow, magically, they were like, "No, Terry, you can't have it." <laughs> Here because are some wires and puppets. If Make you think of this about what you will, Twelve Monkeys had very little some but very very little it's just mainly the animal stuff yeah um, and that was like i feel like his last really really good thing um and you know like everything before it was even better you know like yeah he, yeah but everything since with cg has felt a little flat a little off i do you think the cg appeals to the animator in him i don't know i mean i'm not saying that he i'm, I'm not saying that he is like horrible necessarily at cg i just think that he was such a craftsman in a different way that yeah. it's like it's like um, a he, painter he using had like, like a, an ink pen or something. He almost had that sort of like you know, um, like he yeah the um, oh god, uh, George, uh, Melius mm -hmm. like you know he had that kind of 
quality. Like it looked like he he would have been uh, if he were alive in the twenties. Yeah, like he would have been the man, you know. Yeah. Um, one last uh, little news item: Zack Snyder confirmed in an interview that uh, the Dark Knight Returns <clears throat> will inform the history of Batman versus Superman, or whatever it's going to end up being called. Which kind of like nuddy because when, <laughs> when well when they announced when it, ben yeah, Affleck they came in, they're like, "Oh, we're going to be doing a different take," you know? It's yeah. Like, okay. Well, we know what take you're kind of going to be doing. Yeah. So I'm I'm pleased that it's going to be informing it like i've i think i've said this here before i don't think you could ever do a straight adaptation of that with all the like mutants and all their crazy ways like it just would not work i would I, I would love to see um uh i don't know i it, somebody at least do a a web series or fan film that that tried to do something of that though it would be kind of fun to see I mean, you know like somebody in like reagan makeup and they made know, the like animated a, one and i just felt like on the page, you fill in the blanks a lot better than like right. than it can happen in real life. Yeah. Although you know, I, I'm I'm guessing probably when A Clockwork Orange the book came out, like people were that people were like super shocked when they said that they were going to make a movie because the book is like it's like reading Train Spotting or something. It's just like all dialect, all crazy. You actually have to sit down there and really really pay attention to reading yeah. that book. I read A Clockwork Orange. I've read Train Spotting. I put in the work. It's a lot of work. Uh, wasn't Anthony Burgess, though, wasn't uh, like a linguistic studies guy or something? Yeah, or an... uh, he had to have been. That yeah. book is brilliant, but it's... Like it's Tolkien intense, was kind of like that, too, where it's like you study these languages and, and it, it definitely informs your, your writing. Um, all right, well, let's. Uh, we're going to start wrapping up the old uh, cast of pods here. Casting um, pods. Uh, opening up this weekend, we have RoboCop, About Last Night, Endless Love and Winter's Tale. Um, if RoboCop doesn't do well, you've well, got your headline. Here's flop. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Um, you know I love the puns. Um, you, you know, here here's something interesting to note about RoboCop. It, it opened up uh, a week earlier in the UK. Right. And it's, uh, it didn't open at number one. Mr. Peabody and Sherman opened at first place over there. That movie opened a month earlier than it does stateside here. We yeah. don't get it till March. Uh, we have a review for it up on the site now if you want to check that out. Uh, but Mr. Peabody and Sherman, an animated kids movie, beat RoboCop, and it beat Lego Movie. Yeah, that's very odd. Yeah. But I, I do think the Lego culture is really, really strong in America. I, don't, I can't speak to what yeah. it's like in in. In the UK, I'm sure it's I'm sure it's big too there. Yeah, it's I mean Europe they turned Harry Potter into Lego. Right, right. Don't you people love Harry Potter? <laughs> you people <laughs> in quotes. Oh man, <laughs> British racism. I love London. I don't know. I hate it when people say racist when they mean like nationalist or something. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, I think Lego is going to remain number one. Um, but I I do think about last night. Given the uh, the the good reviews it's receiving, the um, the fact that it is Valentine's Day weekend, um, it's a date movie. I'm not convinced. RoboCop. I I don't know how it's gonna do. I think it'll do well for this weekend. I don't know what its holding power will be. Hmm. Um, so I'm gonna say I, I think Lego will stay number one. I'm gonna say it'll drop down to about 45. Okay. And then I. I'm going to say, 
God, I don't know. I'm torn between Robocop and About Last Night for second place. I'm going to say About Last Night, second place. Wow. Uh, Yeah, I think it'll be kind of a bit of a surprise. I'm going to say 27 million, and then I think Robocop, third place, with 26. Wow. Endless Love is uh, a question mark, but I think think that'll probably do about 20 million. And then I think Winner's Tale will be a little further down, but I think it'll be in the teens. I'll say Winner's Tale with uh, 13. So I think uh, I think we're gonna have I I agree that Lego is gonna stay number one. I think it's gonna be number one at at forty forty million. I think Robocop will be number two at thirty eight million. Okay. And then it's gonna be a good box office weekend. I think uh, about last night it's gonna do about thirty. Okay. 32, probably. 32, okay. And then, uh, yeah, I don't really care about the rest of the movies. Yeah, Endless <laughs> Love can die for all you care. Endless Love, I don't endlessly love Winner's it. Tale is really, uh, please read my review. It's, you know, it's very easy to hate the movie. I appreciate it, what they were trying to do. It's an epic romantic fantasy. It's a movie where Russell Crowe plays an Irish demon. <laughs> wow. Uh <laughs> uh, Colin Farrell plays a, uh, an Irish immortal. Tight-a-tate. <laughs> and who rides a Pegasus. Oh, God. Um, yeah. And, and oh, so, yeah, there's oh a lot God. of stuff going on. But, uh, yeah. all right. Well, that'll about do it for this week's podcast. We'll catch you all later. Give us a shout-out on iTunes, all that jazz. Keeping it real. I, uh, keeping it real at IGN.com. So thanks, as always, for listening. We'll catch you next time. <laughs>